Hey everybody, welcome back to the Highway with Kyle Shut. We are home from tour. I am so tired, but man, it was good to be back on the road again. Uh, we had so much fun. Straight up murdered the West Coast. It was uh, it was great. We haven't. Uh, I'm seriously, uh, the tour hasn't felt like that in a long, long time. So thank you everybody that came out. Uh, yeah, we're 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 doing the tour wrap up episode this week. I am going to answer all of your burning questions. And uh, you know me, I don't give a shit. You ask a, a smart-ass question, I'm going to give you a smart-ass answer. This is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I always love when y'all chime in. And before we dig in here, I just want to give a quick shout-out to our uh, our amazing crew buddy and Sam uh, that, that keep us rolling down the road. Uh, we couldn't do it without y'all. really appreciate it. Uh, also, a big shout-out to Zombie, uh, who we had been trying to tour with for about 15 years. And uh, uh, seeing all that come together, um, was it, it just warmed my cold, dead heart. Now, I know y'all are as crazy as me. Uh, I, I didn't look at any of these questions before. I, I'm, I'm going in blind. So, uh, yeah, let's do things my way. The Highway. Here we go. Y'all got the questions. I got the answers. We're just going to uh, we're gonna dig right in here. Uh, let's see. Number one is uh, Chris Cole. Hey, uh, Chris Cole, friend of the show. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for asking a question. Hope you're doing well, bud. It's good to see you in L.A. Um, uh, Chris wants to know, with you revisiting the old catalog, are there any songs you have a new respect or love for? And are there any that you'd like to add to the set list? Um, yeah, actually. Uh, we've been revisiting a lot of the Gods of the Earth uh, songs for uh, reasons that you're going to have to stay tuned for, but in relearning a lot of those and trying to play them again and stuff, um, the, like songs like the Frost Giant's Daughter or Lords, um, you know, we've been a band a long time and we've we've changed a lot over the years, sure and stuff, but going back and just trying to get into the headspace that I was in whenever we were writing those songs, uh, it just blew my mind how many notes there were, you know, <laughs> just like can you. As we were in the practice space just messing around, and uh, I was telling the guys, can you believe we made all this music on so much weed? <laughs> I don't know how we did it. I mean, I guess you just have to chalk it up to um, youthful endurance. But um, yeah, all those, uh, especially Gods of the Earth and, and Warp Riders, so many notes, so much weed smoked. I don't know uh, how we came up with all that, but we did it. So uh, yeah, it'd be nice to bring back Frost Giant. Uh, at some point, or uh, or the Black River. That that song is is really really great, and um, yeah, that's awesome. Thanks, Chris. Uh, let's see next. Kenny Irwin, what's up, Kenny? Big Kenny uh, wants to know top five favorite green rooms and why. Um, I don't know if we have time for five right now, but I'll give you a couple. Um, uh, probably the best green room in the nation uh, is in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, the the band Man or Astro Man. I don't know if you've heard them, but go check them out if you haven't. Um, that band owns a club. Um, I think it's called Saturn um, in uh, in Birmingham, and uh, the the green room is basically an apartment uh, above the club that's uh, got a full kitchen. Uh, I think it can sleep like from like eight or ten people, something like that. With bunk beds. Each bunk bed has its own built-in enclosure with like a N64 and a DVD player in it and a TV, and um, it's 
it, it, there's a, a pool table, full kitchen, uh, just tons of records and a record player, all, a million movies. I mean, it's it is the best green room ever, and uh, they'll let bands stay there overnight for a, a very very modest price. Um, all things considered, that is probably the best one. We've had lots of late night parties in there, <laughs> but uh, there's probably an, uh, another great one. Um, having a hard time thinking off the top of my head, but. Yeah, that one takes the cake. I could tell you more horrible green rooms uh, than I could amazing ones, if that tells you anything. You know what? On this last tour, uh, I'll, I'll do this one more. Um, uh, on this last tour, there was a, a club in Spokane called the Lucky You Lounge. That uh, that it was it was a great place to play. Uh, we sold it out. It was amazing, and um, the green room was like almost like a little diner. I had like a little booth in there and a little kitchen. I don't know. It was just a very lovely time. Thank you, Spokane. Oh. I'll give you I'll give you one more and then I'll I'll leave this alone. But um the the historic Warfield Theater in San Francisco, um, while it's not the I don't know, nicest or uh, cleanest <laughs> backstage, um it's a it's a very famous place where like the Grateful Dead used to play all the time and uh, Jerry Garcia's dressing room has a sink in it and apparently before um the the room, the theater had um plumbing back in the day, it's a very old building. Um, Jerry would request that to be his dressing room so he could pee in the sink so everybody knew not to touch the sink. And um, also, another thing down there uh, beneath the Warfield is um, a rather large room, kind of like a long hallway almost, where everyone that you've ever heard of has signed that wall. It is covered floor to ceiling with uh, little Sharpie signatures. I mean, Britney Spears signed it, Obama, fucking... uh, Nirvana. There, there's a okay. I'll tell you this story. There's a little Nirvana um, signature area that they have framed off, uh, where no one's allowed to sign near that. And um, the only things else that are in that little that little framed off square, uh, Kirsten Dunst apparently put on some lipstick and kissed Kurt's signature, and they let that slide. But what they didn't let slide was when Norm Macdonald was down there. Uh, rest in peace. He. Uh, took his Sharpie out and they were kind of like waiting for him to find a place to sign. And they said, and that over there is a uh, Nirvana. Nobody can sign in there. And he goes, Oh, I was friends with those guys. They wouldn't care. And so Norm went and signed in the little Nirvana framed area. And apparently they banned him from the Warfield for life. So, uh, yeah, that, that's, uh, that's just a, a little taste of what we get into backstage. So let's see here. Uh, uh, what's next enhanced humanoid. What's up, Steve, uh, from zombie. He wants to know y'all still smoke. Man, now that weed's legal everywhere, it's, we are just lousy with nugs, man. We, I just, I don't really smoke that much at home anymore. But God, it's like a twenty-four hour weed smoking contest once we hit the road. So yes, we still smoke. Uh, okay, let's keep going down. Uh, Coyote Radio, a uh, great band from Austin. They want to know: Are you hanging for South by Southwest? Anything killer on your radar? I hate to be that guy, but. I, I just don't do South by, uh, <laughs> I just, I try to avoid downtown Austin at all costs, uh, during that time. I, I purposefully this year didn't even look at any show listings or anything. I, I love it. South, we, we have a long history with South by Southwest and, uh, I've, I've been there. I've done that. Uh, I, I don't mean to sound jaded, but that's for, it's for the young kids. It's for the unsigned bands. It's for you know, people um, trying to get out there and make a name for themselves. So uh, good luck to anybody that's uh, out there right now. Um, I know Taipei Houston is there, 
uh, a band that opened for us in L.A. So if anybody's out there uh, want to see Taipei Houston, they're a great band. Um, let's see. Uh, Jimmy the Donut wants to know, what made you choose that song as the encore? Uh, he's, he's referring to Mr. Crowley. Uh, we, uh, on this last tour, had Steve from Zombie uh, hop on stage with us with a synth. And, yeah, we ripped uh, Mr. Crowley. Uh, Aussie classic. Um, I was, uh, you know, I can't remember whose idea that was. It might have been Steve's or, or Brian, our bass players. Um, but I, I was really uh, intimidated, you know, at the, at the solo, of course, um, it being sort of the, just, you know, Randy Rose being one of the greatest heavy metal guitar players of all time. Uh, but he was kind of, he was, he was a little sloppy. You know, he was, he was a little rough around the edges, even though he was very inventive. Um, so, you know, anytime you take on something super classic like that, it is a little intimidating. But I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, I even learned a thing or two. So, yeah, there you go. That's how we did that. Uh, let's see. <laughs> uh, Rock Savage Pod. Uh, great podcast. Uh, friends of the show. I've been on it before. Uh, everybody check them out. They want to know, ready for that new album? Projected release date? Uh, uh, no, we have no projected release date. Uh, you know, to tell you the truth, um, we have a little house cleaning to do before we um, go there. But, you know, it's, we are we are back as a band, and we're happy to be here, and uh, we do plan on moving forward. But, you know, there's just no time, uh, no timeline right now that we can commit to. But, uh, but that's okay. We have plenty of tour dates on the on the map, and um, yeah, we're keeping that band tight. Uh, Jimmy Vela, <laughs> our drummer, wants to know what the dog doing. It's kind of an inside joke, but uh, <laughs> thanks, Jimmy. Uh, let's see, let's let's keep going down the line here. Um, okay, here we go. Intro Void wants to know um, if the sword starts swinging full time, will you continue the podcast? Um, that's actually a really good question. I. I, 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 I try as hard as I can to keep this uh, podcast up to date, but just so you all know, um, I'm I'm flying one week at a time here. You know, if if, uh, if nobody answers their phone and doesn't want to hop on the program, you end up just having to listen to me for 45 minutes, and uh, I don't want to do that to you all the time. So um, as long as I can keep it going, I'm going to keep it going, and I sincerely appreciate everybody that, um, you know, uh, checks us out either on what Spotify, Apple podcast, everybody that hops on the Patreon and keeps the show going. It means so much. So, um, I, I, I promise to, to keep it up to date as much as I can. So thanks for that. Um, let's see here. Austin Buchanan. What's up, my man? Uh, he wants to know what gets y'all by on those long drives in between cities and shows sleep, fooling with the phone, play games, smoke, Yes, all of the above. Uh, <laughs> it's I'm a sleeper. I'm a van sleeper. I like to um, I call it time traveling. Uh, if I can, yeah, just zonk out for that nine, twelve hour drive, whatever, uh, as much as I can, I will. Although it does completely fuck up my sleep schedule, uh, but that's fine. Uh, when you're on tour, you're sort of living out of time, so that's that's great. But um, yeah, I don't really, you know, I, I don't like to read on tour. I, I don't know when I'm on tour. I'm just that's what I do. I. I travel, I play shows, I try to experience the city that I'm in. I really don't like to game all that much. Um, we we have been known to hook up a, a PS4 backstage and just rip on some GTA V uh, just to, you know, get some of the anger out uh, or whatever the, <laughs> the frustration out by, you know, crashing a car into a, a building. Uh, but it's fun. It's a good time. Uh, yeah, that's it. So... Let's see. Beef Supreme wants to know what is your favorite band to tour with. 
Uh, I'm gonna offend somebody with this answer. Probably, uh, <laughs> it's just hard to pick. We we tour with so many amazing bands. I don't want to pick one and say that they're more fun than the rest. But I will say, uh, some of the more fun tours we've been on, obviously, um, Metallica and all those guys. That was a once in a lifetime opportunity. That was so fun. Um, we did a tour uh, with Red Fang and this band called Honky, who has uh, Jeff Pincus from Butthole Surfers in it. It was a very short run, but we had such a great time. Um, it's always the short runs that we have the most fun in. Uh, we did a, a little run with Ruby the Hatchet where we had such a good time, and I can't believe we haven't toured together uh, since then. Uh, but yeah, that's um, Zombie was great. We just did that. Like I said, we, we'd been wanting to do that for a long time. So uh, yeah. Yeah, it was good times. Um, let's see who's next. Uh, North Star Studios wants to know: Are you open to collaborations or session work? Absolutely. Call me up anytime. You want me to play a solo on your record or uh, just collab on some stuff? Um, yeah, just, just send me a message. Uh, nine times out of ten, if I have the time, uh, I will be right on that. So yeah, uh, hit me up. Uh, let's see. Uh, Sammy Psychedelonaut wants to know how are the set lists decided on um, usually uh, our singer will write them um, I, I will write like a fake one that gets quickly um, you know thrown out the window and then uh, <laughs> he writes one uh, the, he, he's better at deciding the things like that dynamic flow and, and stuff um, let's see here uh, Brett Solferino what's up man haven't seen you in a minute. How you been? Uh, he wants to know, outside of playing or creating music, what's your favorite part about being a musician? Uh, the travel. Uh, yeah, I consider myself, our, our band, uh, you know, we're entertainers. We're, we're traveling, touring musicians. And uh, that uh, the, when my body is moving forward at 80 miles an hour, that's when I really feel at home, you know, and uh, that's it's just there's no other feeling like it. Um, it's, I've spent more than half my life doing it. And, uh, yeah, this is traveling. The pandemic was pretty rough, like sitting still like that. That was the longest that I had gone without playing a show in 25 years, I think. So it was, uh, yeah, it's good to be back. That's all I got to say. Um, let's see. Uh, Neve 13 wants to know what city had the best weed. Oh man. Um, we got so much fucking killer weed on this tour. Um, it's it's hard to just say. You know what? Uh, this uh, this homeboy out in Denver, I don't want to say his name in case he wants to to remain private. But uh, started uh, his own operation, making you know rosin wax, flour, all of it, and uh, he gave us a rad sampling uh, of his wares. Um, currently, I am smoking on one called Elon's Musk. <laughs> Good lord! But he had uh, high society chem driver, uh, great great weeds uh, out there that uh, that he's growing and uh, thank you so much for hooking us up uh, let's see here uh, Brady Luhis wants to know what's the hardest song to play perfect every night uh, there's a couple um, there's uh, Dying Earth isn't necessarily the hardest song to play as a whole but the the solo that I wrote for it that kind of like it culminates like right before the, the the climax of the song uh is one of the hardest runs to just nail perfectly every time and i actually played it on a guitar that had 24 frets when we recorded it and uh, my signature reverend guitar only has 22 frets like most normal guitars and uh so whenever i have to go up to that super double octave i i basically just have to 
bend the the twenty second fret on the high string all the way up to uh, that high C. And uh, you know what? Sometimes I do it a little bit better than others. Um, but a song that's really hard to play all the way through perfectly uh, actually is Night City. Um, you wouldn't think it. I, I guess it doesn't sound that complicated, but just the, the structure of that song and the swing of it and everything, it's pretty difficult to land every single little hit every single time, which is probably why we don't play it that often. Um, uh, Jay Oblivion wants to know, how do you like that case, buddy? Uh, I'm assuming he's talking about my Calton case that they made for me. Um, it's the nicest thing I own, <laughs> which I don't know if that's uh, good or bad, um, but it, it is absolutely indestructible. I mean, I love that case. Uh, it's 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 a gold case with black velvet on the inside for my gold guitar with a black pick guard. So it's like it's a whole package. Like that guitar is going to live in that case for the rest of my life. So. Uh, thank you, Calton. And uh, yeah, I love the case. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Glenna Lee wants to know, what's your favorite Clutch song? Ooh, dang, that's a good question. Um, huh. I'm trying to think of the song that really sold me on Clutch. I wasn't like the biggest Clutch fan. I didn't dislike them, but I, you know, they were just they were just one of those bands. There were like there was a lot of bands like that, kind of like back in the early two thousands. Um, that had that like kind of funky swagger that we were trying to dance around ourselves and um but but clutch never didn't really resonate with me until i heard the song the guild of mute assassins uh it's on their slow hold to china uh compilation and uh, that i think that was the song where i was like oh these guys are fucking onto something new i i, I never really paid attention to neil's lyrics before that song and after that, I started to really d uh, dive into his lyrics and um, realized how clever they are and just how much better they are than pretty much any other band. And then um, when Clutch asked us to uh, go on tour with them for the first time, um, I I had seen them before, but I saw them um, on a tour where Tim Salt, the guitar player, had fucked his hand up or something. And um, their manager, Jack Flanagan, uh, rest in peace, he was a good friend, um, he filled in on guitar so i really didn't get the full experience i feel like whenever i saw them that first time so the first time that we played with them was the first time that i saw them with tim in the band and it just absolutely blew me away if if y'all out there haven't seen clutch and you're still in the fence you have to see them live they are hands down one of the best rock bands um that are still kicking around today um i hope they're around for many more years um so yeah that's that's it um let's see Wallace Man or Hunt wants to know how's the book coming. A lot of people want to know how the book's coming along. We're getting there, y'all. Um, I wrote the first draft, and I'm in the process now of sort of revising it, rewriting it, and getting it uh, in shape. I will say that I well, two things: writing a book is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. And thank you all for your patience. And uh, also, uh, as I began writing it, it just became this big sprawling thing that I felt was very unfocused and real disjointed. So, um, and I'm an idea, man. It, it's, it's hard for me to keep one idea going at all times, which is why I have a podcast and a band and a solo career and all this other stuff going on at the same time. Um, but it, it, it made more sense to me for me to write about what I want to write about to make it shorter and more concise and then save the rest of the stuff for a second book that I will be writing 
um, that I, I'm not going to kickstart that one. I'm not going to make y'all suffer again. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the the first book, Written in Stone, is going to be out soon, and then uh, volume two of that is going to be uh, more of like a self help guide uh, called Welcome to Help. Uh, the 666 stages of grief. Uh, so <laughs> I've been through a lot in the past couple of years and I have a lot to say about it, but I didn't want to bog down the first book uh, with all that negativity. So yeah, we're going to, the first one's going to be a lot more positive and happy. So it's coming. I promise you all it's coming. Um, let's see. Uh, JX Kiaxis, however the hell you pronounce that, um, uh, <laughs> wants to know, will you guys ever perform Age of Winters all the way through? Uh, we have. Uh, we did it in San Francisco at Slim's one time. We we did two nights at Slim's, and the first night without announcing it, we just walked out and played Age of Winters, the whole thing, front to back. Um, you, you wouldn't, th- I wouldn't think that playing an entire album like that would be difficult per se, especially because we played all those songs a million times. But there's something about when you play an album in its entirety it, it sort of chips you out. It like it it becomes like a big body of work. It's like performing like a like a suite or like a concerto or something. You know what I mean? It's like uh, it, it, it's something very clinical about it. It's weird. Um, but we we did it. We had a great time. And then uh, uh, Rocky Moon, uh, who's also a friend of the show, a singer for American Sharks. Whenever we took American Sharks on tour, uh, they opened those two shows at Slim's. And the second night, uh, he went up on stage and said. You know, something like, hey, everybody, you ready to see the sword? You know, and people cheered. And then he goes, oh, man, y'all should have been here last night. They played Age of Winners all the way through. And, like, all 600 people in the room just at the same time went, oh. <laughs> it was so funny. I was like, damn, Rocky, you just bummed out, like, 600 people. <laughs> but we, we we still rocked the crowd. It was great. Everybody had a great time. Um, so, yeah, we've, we've already done that. Um the real ZB wants to know when is a repress of Apocryphon coming, dude. Every time we repress it, it sells out immediately. We can't make them enough, and then I, I see these shits on Discogs going for like two hundred and fifty bucks. It's insane. Um, there there were the the original run of Apocryphon was there were so many variants of it. I, I want to say there was over twenty different colors that we did. It was I don't know. It was it was our fastest selling, arguably most successful album. Um, and because of that, it's just all the vinyl got scooped up. And then every time we repress it, it's just gone immediately. We can't keep enough, uh, stocked. And also like the, everybody knows the vinyl, uh, manufacturing delays these days, make it virtually impossible to get anything in any timely manner. So, um, all I got to say is the next time we announce it, just keep your eye out and pounce on it the second you see it, because it, it could be, could be the last one. Uh, okay. Let's see here. 12 pound wasp wants to know worst green room toilet. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's some bad ones. Um, probably, the, well, you know, the worst one that this club has been long closed, but the, the old emos, the original emos, uh, had the absolute worst toilet because there was no green room for the band. You were just, you know, out there in the, in the public in the men's room and emos back in the day that, that disgusting piss trough, and just broken toilet bowls, and just, ugh, got nothing good ever happened in that bathroom. It was the fucking worst. You know, the first tour we ever did uh, with Trail of Dead back in 2005, uh, it was a big national tour. We played many, many amazing venues, and um, but when the last show of the tour was, was at Emo's, and uh, I remember my friends were asking me, like, oh man, what was the worst club you ever played on tour? 
and I paused and I thought about it and I just looked around and I said, Evos. It was a shithole. It sounded like garbage and uh but it was our it was our clubhouse and we loved it and um I miss it every day. But that's okay. Um uh, so let's see here. Uh next up. Right. Eighty six ghosts wants to know what's your favorite part of the set? Walking on, mid show, or ending when the crowd goes insane. Um that's different every night, you know. Um I, I, I really do enjoy the moment when we walk on and uh it just becomes I don't know. It's like uh, it's like the beginning of a, a relationship with with us and the crowd. You know, we're all trying to like, what's going to happen? We don't know. We're still trying to figure out. You know, what we're all into. And um, by the middle of the set, we have a really good idea of <laughs> what kind of people we're dealing with. And uh, some crowds, you know, go totally insane and you know start moshing like right off the bat. Some crowds only mosh during like the slowest songs it's the weirdest thing when like you think it'd be like iron swan comes on and everybody goes nuts but really it's like sometimes like we play tears like diamonds and that's what sets the crowd off you never know it's weird um some nights the crowd just fucking stands there and stares at us and i used to think that was weird but then i just realized like oh they're all so fucking high they're just (laughs) they're having the best time of their life they're just catatonic they can't move um, that's how good the weed is these days. So yeah, um, it, it just, it, it depends that that's a, uh, rotating answer. Um, let's see who's next. RDM band wants to know the top five most drunk you have ever been. Oof. I don't know about top five. Um, but I remember the drunkest I've ever been. Um, there was, oh, I hate this story. There was one tour, um, that we, we're on, uh, I can't remember who it was, but we were playing New Orleans and I was in a mood. I was, I don't know. I was just kind of, I don't know. You tour with everybody. You're six inches away from everyone's fucking farts for like, you know, nine months out of the year. You just get kind of sick of it. And you need to go fuck off and do your own thing for a while. Or I do at least. And, um, I was just, I was in a mood that day and I was like, fuck this. I'm gonna just go burn this city down and so we finished sound check and i just left i just threw the guitar in the case and just walked out um i remember going to get one of those like everclear hand grenades and uh and then when i bought my second one that's when i just don't remember anything and um i came to mid lap dance in the in the hustler club (laughs) on bourbon street uh to my phone ringing and i was like huh What's going on? I had no, I don't remember going in there, anything. And um, it was my tour manager basically saying, like, where the fuck are you? You're going on in five minutes. So I just <laughs> threw some money at that kind dancer. Uh, I ran all the way down to Lou's Street uh, to get to One Eye Jacks and basically uh, stumbled backstage about a minute and a half before needing to go on, uh, visibly wasted. And, uh, I'm sure the rest of the band was thrilled to see me in that state. Um, I completely fucked up Horn Goddess that night in front of a sold-out room and felt like a total asshole. I had no idea, I had no business being that drunk. I learned my lesson, and the next morning, the first thing I did was, before anyone could say anything, I profusely apologized and uh, promised never to do that again. And it's never happened again, uh, thank God. But, you know... Um, Sometimes you have to walk up to the line and put one toe over it to know exactly where the line is. And I know where the line is now. And uh, so I don't have any regrets. And plus, it was New Orleans. Everybody there was shit-faced anyways. Who cares? 
But uh, yeah, that's 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 the most drunk I've ever been. Top five, yeah. Should pick your other four. I don't know. <laughs> um, Moz sixty five forty one wants to know: Did you get to see anything cool in any of the towns you visited? Uh, which place do you want to go back to and check out more? Um, I don't know. Um, th- this one uh, we did the West Coast, and like you don't really get to see a lot on West Coast tours. Um, the drives are really insane and there's only so many cities you can play um so yeah we did 14 shows and drove 10,000 miles so really didn't see a whole lot um we did pass the Cadillac Ranch uh, in Amarillo that was fun um but it was so it was like negative 14 out so we didn't feel like getting out and taking pics um Amarillo is really cool there's a, a great little brewery down there called Pondicetta Brewing Company um with a, a couple of dudes in a band called Trench Rat work there they're a great place uh, hope y'all are doing good. Amarillo is cool, you know. I like. I, I didn't know I was going to be blowing up Amarillo here, but here we are. Uh, let's see here. Matador nineteen sixteen wants to know any arena, city, or country that you would like to play but haven't been able to play yet. Uh, yeah, I would. I, I would love to play Red Rocks. Um, I'm not sure that it's ever going to happen. That's fine. Um, but you never know. Uh, you know, I, I've gotten to play so many fucking amazing places. So like, I feel like complaining about the places that I didn't get to play is like a really shitty thing to do. But um, we never got to play Madison Square Garden. I, I would like to do that before I die. I don't know if it's going to happen. You know, we, we already did Radio City and like so many other amazing, amazing venues like the Beacon. Um, that, uh, But yeah, yeah, MSG, that would be a real treat if we ever got to do that. Um I've also never, uh, you know, in all of our travels, um, I've never been to, you know, Africa, never been to China, not that we could play there or anything like that, but it would be, if at all possible, it would, it would be fun to, um, dip down into that zone, uh, at some point, but you know, I don't know, uh, we'll see, only time will tell, uh, let's see here, JB Collective 9 wants to know, uh, it's not really a question. It just says Kyle shut acoustic electric. Um, Reverend did make me, uh, for when I did the doom side of the moon project, um, a white version of my Reverend signature, uh, with the piezo bridge in it. So it's like an acoustic simulator. And uh, that's what I used on the, um, when we did the low country tour, that's what I would kind of use to mimic that, uh, some of those acoustic sounds and things. But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's it. Let's see. Um, <laughs> just scrolling down here um oh god here's a good one 402 fuck the world wants to know why didn't you come through nebraska cry face emoji okay so anytime you people fucking ask a question like this this is how i read it why didn't you come to nebraska it was specifically because we didn't want to look at you um 402 fuck the world uh no you know what um tours get booked we try to make it as many places as we can um we we aren't always going to make it to your city, but you know, like I just said, 14 shows, 10,000 miles, you know, you can't drive 200 miles to see one of the shows. You know, what, where are you in Nebraska? You, you're in Lincoln. You couldn't just like take a little trip South to Lawrence, Kansas to see us. We drove all the way out here. You can't drive to see us. Now I'm all mad. Thanks bud. Um, at least it wasn't, uh, come to Brazil. Uh, I would love to come to Brazil. Yeah. Uh, I'll get right on it. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, all right, all right. Um, uh, bu- 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 all right. DM Burke seventeen wants to know what is one piece of guitar gear that you have to have on tour. My guitar. Um, 
uh, trying to think of a, a real answer instead of being a smartass. Um, you uh, you got to have a Peterson strobe tuner when you go on tour uh, if you want to intonate your guitar and set it up or change tunings or just do any kind of basic guitar intonation repair. Get yourself a Peterson strobe tuner and uh, keep it in the workbox at all times. Um, you can try to intonate your guitar with a Boss Chromatic or something, but it's you're probably going to make the problem worse. Um, get a strobe tuner. You got to have one. You don't have to keep it on your pedal board, but if you're going to work on your guitar, that's what you need. Um, let's see here. <laughs> this, this is a weird one. Uh, Curtis Sykoff wants to know what happened in Spokane during zombie set where the big bearded fellow was dragged out. I was grabbing a beer. Also, why did zombies vocalist scoff at me <laughs> and not answer when I said, welcome to Spokane. <laughs> yeah, it's gross here, but dang. Oh my God. Wow. Um, I, that show was so oversold out that like, I couldn't even get in the room to see zombie. So I didn't see what happened, but my guess would be that some big fat dude got really drunk and made a fool out of himself and got, escorted the fuck out of there happens um but i don't know why steve scoffed at you when <laughs> he said welcome to spokane i mean that was a beautiful venue i don't know as uh we we always used to play the pen down uh downtown and da downtown spokane is fucking rough uh, i'm not gonna lie all right here's a good one wooly bugger wants to know do you ever do any of your podcasts while on tour like from the bus or the green room, yeah, the bus, the, yeah, we don't really do that anymore. But um, and he says, I think it would be cool to do a quick segment with the local openers. Um, number one, we're not on a bus. Number two, we don't have local openers anymore. Uh, but I did take my gear on tour with the intention of doing a podcast on the road. But like I just said before, like when I'm on tour, I just kind of like to be on tour. It's it's difficult to. Uh, do anything else except be in the sword. It really it takes a lot out of me every day. It takes a lot out of all of us. And um, I feel like if I start, would start to spread myself too thin or like get distracted with a different project, it would probably detract from the show. And so for that reason, I am not going to do podcasts on tour. Um, maybe. I might do one. If, if it just... If it really feels right, I'll do it. I'll, I'll bring my gear with me just in case. But... Most of the time, it's better when I just treat it like a home project. Um, so, yeah. and uh, But the fun part is, like, going and making friends on tour and then getting them as guests on the podcast later. That's been a lot of fun. So um, look out for uh, for a zombie episode here pretty soon. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Mike in Hi-Fi wants to know, now that tour is over, how's that Elden Ring? Oh, my God. If y'all know me at all, you know I love From Software and all the Dark Souls games and uh, and that kind of stuff. Um, Elden Ring, I was actually going to wait a while to play it um, just because I have a lot going on. Like I said, finishing the book, um, I'm about to have to move. Uh, I've just got a lot going on in my life, and I uh, didn't have time to sit down and uh, play a game, but then like just I don't know, scrolling Twitter, seeing all my friends playing it. I got FOMO so fucking bad. I, I can't remember what city it was, but I just I caved. I think in Albuquerque, I was like, "Fuck it, I'm buying it." And uh, everybody knows if you play PC games, like it takes forever to download a game when you buy it. So I, I knew that I, I, I wasn't gonna play it till I got home. So I just I downloaded it, installed it, updated it, did all the things that I have to do just so that when I got home, I could open it up and just start straight away. And uh, God, it's so fun. It's really really difficult um in ways that 
uh, aren't similar to how the Dark Souls games are difficult. It's very, it's a very big game. The whole um, open world aspect of it, like, um, you know, Souls games are very linear. You know, you have to go from A to B. That's just what you do, and it's very difficult. But the difficult thing about Elden Ring is, like, even figuring out what to do. Like, the, the, the world is so open, and there's so little direction uh, that uh, it just forces you to explore and have fun with it. So right now, I mean, I've already been transported to a crystal cave and abandoned in the middle of some hellish other part of the world. Um, I've already run into dragons, giants. I will say that the bosses and um, just the, the larger enemies in general are so much more difficult than they are in the Souls games. Um, they're faster. Their movesets are relentless. And it is uh, very difficult to, yeah, just get some find some good footing in there and make some progress it's tough it's a tough game um, i'm having i'm having a lot of fun with it all right that wraps up all the instagram questions you can find me there at kyle shut um and we're gonna move on to the twitter questions here you can find me on twitter at shut underscore solos um lent music what's up man um lent music is a great label out of australia real boutique kind of a cassette releases um go check out their stuff they released the uh the kyle shut uh covers uh, cassette and um, it was all the, the cover songs that I did over the pandemic so if you want to get a physical copy of that you can get it right from them uh, or you can get it directly from me uh, just send me a yeah send me a message if you want to buy one um, uh, Lent wants to know do you personally prefer doing the same set every night on tour or having flexible spots so you can change songs in and out each night um, there's a certain comfort in doing the same set every night, although it can get a little sterile. We we usually have, like, rotating slots, you know what I mean, where we'll do, like, the same beginning and end, but then the middle is kind of, like, uh, a bit of a free-for-all, to just to keep it interesting. Uh, some of my favorite songs to play are, are some of, the, like, the more difficult ones to get to come across live, so I don't know. I, I don't always get to play every single song I want to, but um, some of the ones that we don't get to play that I, I really enjoy playing are, like, um, Dream Thieves or... Tears of Fire. We'll play them every once in a while, but um, yeah, I don't know. Those, those, those are a lot of fun. Uh, Jeff Lynn. What's up, Jeffers? How you doing, bud? Uh, Jeff wants to know, uh, who had the sexiest shoes on this tour? Um, you know what? We all are going to have some sexy kicks pretty soon. Uh, Etnies is uh, sending us a little care package, so we're going to be looking fly as hell on this next run. Uh, so I don't have an answer for you yet, but well, on the Clutch Tour, we'll see who's looking hot. Uh, let's see, Steve Wig. What's up, Steve? So good to see you in San Fran. Um, he wants to know, what's your favorite thing to dip in ranch dressing? Uh, we have a bit of a, oh, I don't know what you call it, a dumb thing uh, that we do. Maybe I started it. I don't know. But <coughs> we, uh, we like dipping Cheetos in ranch. It is delicious. But then, I don't know, that just kind of bled over to other things, like just started dipping whatever in ranch. Um, Tony from... Zombie, I think I made him dip a raspberry in ranch. It was, um, it was doable. It was, uh, it was, we, we definitely did it. Uh, <laughs> on the Primus tour, we actually got less, uh, Claypool hooked on, uh, Cheetos and Ranch. Uh, he would come in our dressing room, smoke our weed, tell us stories, and eat all of our Cheetos and Ranch. He was a, it was a class act, that less. All right. Matahari wants to know, do fans ever make you uncomfortable? <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, not all of them, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to be rude. You know, okay, you know, one thing that I don't like is, you know, it's just, it's, it, when people 
say shit like, you know, what's up, man? Oh, my God, I love your band. Dude. Y'all music gets my fucking dick hard. Like, for whatever reason, like, a lot of people say that. It's weird. I don't like it. And <laughs> I'm probably going to, like, make a weird face at you and then walk away if you say some shit like that to me. Um, I, I don't care. I mean, I'm not offended. It's just, like, I don't... <laughs> I just don't have anything else to say in response to that. Um, so, yeah. Um, <laughs> God, I don't know. Um, let's see. Uh, Chris Scazio wants to know, um, why isn't the song Apocryphon on a Marvel movie soundtrack, such as the new Doctor Strange movie? It's perfect for those. Um, yeah, I mean, fuck, dude. If it was up to me and my fucking band's songs would be in every fucking movie soundtrack um without okay i'm trying to like say this in a way that is concise how this is how licensing works there's there's a couple different ways it could work there for the movies like that big budget movies like that they have music supervisors and those music supervisors have relationships with lots of publishing companies and those publishing companies submit songs to those um music supervisors who then pick and choose what gets put in the movie, which is why you, you fucking like theory for a fucking dead man is in every shitty. I'm, I'm talking shit. Anyway, I'm sorry. Uh, but you know, so anyway, unless a director specifically wants your song in the movie, like, um, like when we had our song in Jennifer's body, um, that was the director's choice. Um, Jonas Ockerland, who directed, uh, Horseman and so many other amazing movies and stuff. Um, they specifically wanted our music for their movies. Um, uh, uh, what, what's his name? Seth Meyers uh, wanted us for the uh, the American Dad uh, Christmas episodes. You know, and so uh, things like that. Like, it's really lucky that we get those things. But whenever it's you, a band can't really submit their music for being in a movie like that. Um, but the the next best thing though uh, is that we. W- you can look it up on YouTube. Just look up like the Sword Apocryphon Marvel video game. Uh, they used a, a song of ours in this uh, Mar- Marvel mobile game um, a long time ago. And if you watch the trailer, it's pretty fucking rad. And uh, that that'll that'll scratch that itch for you if you uh, just yeah hop on YouTube, try to find that video game trailer, and uh, you'll see what it would be like if Apocryphon was in a Marvel movie. All right, uh, let's see Jason S. Wants to know, only one song from Used Future was on the set list. If you could have added another song of your choice from that album, what would it have been? Uh, Yeah, we played Deadly Nightshade every night. I love the song Twilight Sunrise. I don't know why we don't play it more. Um, That song's rad. Yeah, that would be the the one that I would add. Um, Let's see. Oh, he also wants to know, how many guitars do you own and which one is your favorite to play? Um, I actually sold many of my guitars uh, over the pandemic, um, eh, halfway out of survival, uh, halfway out of just, I'm not really like a collector, you know, I, I just, I look at, gu- guitars are like, kind of like tools for me, you know, I, I get to, it, it's fun in the studio playing all kinds of different stuff, but then when it comes time to play live, I need a guitar that is very versatile, that uh, can do all the things that I cooked up in the studio, and so... My Reverend Signature, that's the reason I designed the guitar that way is because it is very versatile. It's a great tool. Um, I I love that guitar. Uh, I played in the studio as well, but um, live I I own like four of those things, five of them maybe. I don't know. Um, that are, are my, my my standard because, you know, we, we have uh, E-flat songs, uh, C-standard songs, 
um, you know, sometimes if I play in another band and they tune to E, I have to like have uh, an E guitar laying around. So it's it's the reason that I have so many is because they're all in different tunings, and I have to have uh, backup guitars that are in those tunings in case I break a string. You never know when you're gonna break a string. Um, oh God, here we go, uh, Mishka Shubali. What's up, Mishka? Uh, he wants to know what's the difference between Adderall and Flexeril. <laughs> uh, so so Mishka was kind enough to uh, gift me with some. Uh, Oh, what would you call it? Just some helpers. I need a little help on tour sometimes, you know? And uh, so, yeah, he gave me something to help keep me up and something to help me go to sleep. And I accidentally got the pills mixed up in Denver and took a muscle relaxer before we played. <laughs> and it was the best show of the whole tour. It was fantastic. Uh, so, hey, happy mistakes. Happy mistakes. Um, Oh, Lord, here, here we go. Tanner Austin. This is the last one, y'all. Uh, Tanner Austin wants to know, do you guys try to do any exercise or lifting while on tour? If so, how do you squeeze that in? I always have the best intentions of, like, trying to stay in shape or exercise more or doing something. But, you know, being on tour itself, like, you know, moving all of our own gear, um, playing the show uh, itself and, and everything is, it, you know, it's a fair amount of activity and uh, exercise. Um, uh if it wasn't so cold, I would have done a lot more walking. I try to get try to get my steps in, um, but yeah, it, it was just it was a very cold tour, so we spent a lot of time just huddled in the van, fucking smoking weed and just trying not to freeze to death. But um, yeah, that's it. Okay, that's uh, that's the old tour wrap up. It is so good to be home. Uh, I'm, I've already got a bunch more uh, interviews lined up for the podcast, so. Hopefully next week we'll start cranking them out a little bit more regularly and uh, then we'll hit the road with Clutch and then um, do it all over again. Uh, I love y'all so much. Thank you for listening. I sincerely could not do this without y'all. Um, it, it, it really means a lot that you tune in every week. And uh, yeah, don't don't stop. Don't ever stop listening. I need you. Um, yeah, one more time. Thanks, y'all. Take it easy. I'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to The Highway with Kyle Shutt. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe if you want to keep up with the latest episodes. And don't forget to check out the Highway with Kyle Shut playlist on Spotify to keep up with all the rad tunes that we play on the program. And if you need some new gear in your life, don't forget to check out Reverend Guitars, Railhammer Pickups, Idiot Box Effects, and Ray Ray Decker Cables. Stay high, everybody. We'll see you next week.